Hello, welcome back to the Trucking Driver Podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin, joined tonight live from Hotel Scania. Hello, how are you? It's uh, Christopher Madison, uh, uh, currently resident in the parish of Howden. Yes, it is 20 to 11 at night. The things that we go through to get this podcast out. Ah, it's uh, not easy coming together, is it? Ooh, ooh, I say. Ooh, what have I just said? Um, no, it's, uh, it, it's hard work, isn't it? Isn't it? Really finding, uh, finding an hour here and there, so... Yes, Aye. everybody's free. Well, I'm glad you're here now anyway. Uh, when was the last time? Because I don't think we actually managed to podcast from that last time where you were in my town and I was running in front of you with a car delivering the yeah, truck and gonna... We didn't do the podcast on that, did we? No, plan one, we were going to get it done night after, but night after just turned into one of those nights. We never did it. No, you were sprinting about and uh, assisting me ably with that turf nightmare and... Uh, Taking loads of photographs and stuff. What did you do with all them in the end? Did you? Um, uh, it's in the mag. It's in a special bank. No, it's in the magazine, which is out uh, this Friday. Um, this Friday being the the twelfth of May. All right. One hundred one hundred and thirty-two page standard special, printed in quality paper, apparently. Well, I hope I. Uh... I hope I was holding my beer belly in when you were taking sneaky pictures. Not kind of well. That was most entertaining, especially when it was like. Five past eight in the morning, and a couple of guys started attacking each other with shovels. Ah, I, I, the Shovel Brothers. I remember. Uh, I thought they were just messing about, didn't you? When it all kicked off, I thought, "Oh, look, that tomfoolery and high-spirited jinx at the at the building site." And then, <laughs> and then he started belting in with shovel. I thought, "All oh, right, maybe yeah, this is like were, a local ritual." No, they were really going for it. It was one of those ones where you couldn't really comprehend what was happening, and you did think they were just playing about. But no, they were actually knocking lumps ah. at each other. Apparently, one, wow, just... one of them was drunk from the night before, and the other one was uh, most dismayed at this fact. Is it you right, you fucking you bastard? And they were really going at it, and um, it was quite the scene. Aye, and, and there we were, innocently trying to chuck two pallets of turf at them. Well, they beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. And then that, cra- that, that crazy fat woman in the BMW... Went and abandoned her oh, car. Yeah. She wanted to stop. The coal lorry was coming down. This little seven and a half tonner. Yeah. Well, a load of sacks of coal on it, and she couldn't. She wanted to get on her drive, but the coal instead of waiting for the coal lorry, she just abandoned it and screamed at them, like she was like properly like red faced in a rage. And she stormed in at the house, slammed the door, and left the car sitting out the front. This is a minute after the shovel incident. I don't get the, the rage in people. And, of course, the next drop that we went on, because um, it's basically multi-dropping in an Arctic, going to building sites. Building sites are never accommodating towards Arctic. They never put any thought into the fact yeah. that articulated lorries might need to come in there. Because you moved in, parked the lorry up, and various vans, pickup trucks all got past the lorry, and then these women came oh. down in their cars and just sat there because they couldn't judge the, the space to get through. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Blocking the yeah, place. woman up. in that murk. Yeah. I can't remember where we were with that one. Um, Muriston. No, Bell's Quarry. Muriston was the one after that. She just had no idea how wide that car was, did she? And I went and knocked up window and I said, look, you're about eight foot six there. You could get through sideways and break it through. <laughs> well, no, really. I'm not joking. You could. <laughs> so probably best you stay there then, really. Yeah, I've been on that today. I went up yesterday, the bank holiday flyer up there yesterday got loaded in York and rocketed up. I stopped in some 
awful excuse for a truck stop last night that I discovered in uh, Portobello in Edinburgh. Oh, right. I didn't know there was one now. Well, it laughingly calls itself Edinburgh Truck and Coach Park. Right. Um, I'm not aware I'm of that. Stay on. It's been there donkey's years, apparently, but it's, it's news to me. Anyway, um, I was going to stop at, um, at Berwick at way up, but that meant a good hour this morning then to rattle up and start. So I thought, knackers will push on. So I went and found it and slipped in between some flip-flops and thought, oh, jolly good. Um, security chap, if that's what he was. He was a nice bloke, to be right. He was all right. Told me which way to go on his impressive footbridge outside. So if you could... Um, yeah, one of the boys from Oaks came and parked with me. See, we're doing the same again up Turf, but we were doing sort of Edinburgh and then across Falkirk and then over to uh, Glasgow. I was going up. So we went and had a wander down to the beach at Portobello last night and had a pint and uh, got something to eat down up the beach. It was fairly, mm. fairly civilised. I never really imagined Portobello to be like that, but anyway, it was grand. Chuck stop. you know, we're all right if you like puddles. Showers and everything were clean and tidy and... Uh, but that's about your lot for your 24 quid. You uh, uh, you get your own puddle to park in, and that's you. So. But security Sam were on all night wondering about and stuff, so I suppose it's as good as anywhere. Hmm. I think Berwick Dock was about 12 or 13 quid a couple of weeks since when I stopped there, and you've got all the high-calorie heart attack type stuff outside on, on the street, just outside, if you, if you so desire, you can... Mint out there and hmm. feed your face, but oddly, there's like a Chinese a fish and chip place and a like a rope kebab number, and it seems everything in all of these places is a tenner. <laughs> it's just hmm. random. Everything's a tenner. Don a kebab tenner. Fish and chips ten quid. I think there's some sort of a cartel being set up. It's like OPEC for uh, heart attack vendors. So I went wild and had some Weetabix because I'm far too tight to pay a tenner for a kebab. That was at Berwick. Uh, I forgot that that was there, actually. Berwick upon Tweed. Yeah, because you're right down at the waterside, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, right into the dockyard itself. And where I parked, if you'd have sort of jumped out of passenger side at middle of the night, you'd have gone in, in dock. Um, and he came across in a friendly but pointless gesture and said, when there's trawlers coming in at night, you can't park there because that's where they moor. I'm like, right, shall I move? No, no, there's nothing coming in. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh, thanks for that, then. I'll uh, I'll write it down, though, so I don't forget for next time. No, it was grand. Mm-hmm. But oddly, he goes on about nine or something, and he locks shower up. He leaves the toilet open, but locks shower up. I don't know what he thinks going to go on in shower, but you can't get a shower at morning. So for a morning shower, that would be a bit of a disappointment. But, yeah. Um, it were all right. I mean, you know, last night were all right, like I say. It was just steady away with 30-foot-deep bottles full of water. I'm just having a look at a picture of that and Google, actually. Yeah, it doesn't look like a surface yard. I don't even know how that is. I mean, I've got ice in there. Perfect for Your parking. microphone keeps going really, yeah. really muffled. Perfect for yeah. parking on route at North Coast 500. I don't know. I've not got the whole – I'm not using the whole microphone setup because it was too late to go and, like, set it. Set it all up. Yeah, so I'm just using a laptop mic, so I shall try ah, and you must lean in and keep turning your head. I was turning my I head will... to look to the side to go and look at this um, Portobello truck stop well, thing. Knock it off like... you your head movement. Um, funny you just mentioned that about North Coast 500 because uh, there were a random selection of foreign camper vans in last night. Yeah, that's... I did think it was a bloody odd place for them to be for night, but there were 
you know, sort of posh camper van types plugged into the mains couple ends up by uh, up by shower block, and I did wonder what the hell were going on. But if that's down on that on the on that list, that'll be why. I bet they thought, where in the name of God have we come for night here? Well, it, it says on the thing, a perfect stop en route to north to the North Coast 500 in, mm. in the fashionable area of Portobello. Mm. Fashionable? Portobello? Who says? Um, <laughs> it did look a bit that way. You know, <laughs> that pub we uh, ended up in, it, what used to be called Flying Dutchman, when it were a proper pub. You know, it have had all those red-faced mm-hmm. chaps that look, sit in pubs in Scotland all day, I suppose, at one time. Mm-hmm. But now it's all... Tattoos, top knots, and uh, goatee beards, really, one of those sort of spots. But um, when I saw it, I thought, this is definitely going to be a vegan job, this. I thought, oh, for God's sake. Anyway, turned out not to be, because that definitely was not a vegan burger that they fed me last night. So uh, you've got to learn to embrace the top knot. Ah, well, hipster tattoos and all that, I guess. Aye. <laughs> You're a big lad. You're like Aunt Middleton of... Uh, who dares wins SS uh, mm-hmm. job? So he could uh, he could have a top knot if he wanted. I'm not going to tell him otherwise. Mm. Nice burger, but thirteen quid. He wants to be a nice burger, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, you would hope so for that. Aye, I see. You see, the price of everything has gone up through the roof. Aye, I was, I was just I was just in the petrol station there. I noticed like the. Not even the magic tree air fresheners like the cheaper ones. Three pounds sixty nine. Who's gonna buy one of them? You must have really, you know, had a bad accident in your vehicle if you need to spend three sixty nine on a fake magic tree. Yeah. Everything yeah. everything. Maryland cookies one pound twenty nine now. You know, they used to be about fifty pence. Well they put that crap per uh, chrome nonsense up, aren't they? To about seven fifty a pop now for uh, squeezy bottles, you know that? Awful smelling pink stuff for uh, dashboards and yeah, I've got a bottle of it. I quite, I quite like it for the Ooh, dashboard. I, 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 I can't abide any of that chrome stuff. It's just any It's uh, it's dear now, so that's another reason not to bother. No, no, mate. It depends how much you use it. If you use it sparingly, then it's probably all right. But some people, I think, tend to soak the whole interior in it, and you know, I don't think you're really supposed to do that. So just spray a bit of it on a cloth and use it. Lightly, but yeah. yeah, you get some interiors that have had like a pink overload, and <laughs> I use and people get addicted to the smell. Fusion for uh, vinyls, and I do my tires with fusion. And I have to say, out of all that jollop that people have recommended over years, and oh, you want this, you want that, fusion seems to last longest. I can, um, I can do tires with that and then buff it off, and it'll stand sort of two or three washes with steamer. That's good going. Yeah, before it's time to do it again, you know, fair do. Yeah, but that's all right. There's a recommendation now. Yeah. I need to go and see the auto smart man. I need to get a new clay bar set. I can't find my clay bar. I keep losing things because I've got stuff lying in various cars and down the garage and everything. I lose things and then find them again. Although I think it's like glitching in yeah. the matrix. I think things keep disappearing into an alternate <laughs> an alternate yeah. reality. There's another dimension on the go that's slightly different and things keep falling Aye. into it and reappearing. I need to get to see uh, Ash Dent over at, he's over at Immingham side. He's smart rep over there. I used to meet Ash and, and buy my kit from him when I were on, uh, on dock work. But uh, the guy in Sheffield had my leg up once too often, so I, uh, I banished him. 
So um, I, I don't buy from him in Sheffield, which is a shame because he'd deliver, but, you know, uh, once bitten and all that. But mm. I would ask Dent over yonder, he's a good man. It's just I never bloody get over that way. So uh, I don't tend to stock up. So I'm, um, anyway, I've not been entirely bothered about all that paraphernalia with this wagon, really, compared to Sc- uh, Foden. So I've not... Uh, I've not been crying in my, in my sleep about it, but I've, I've just started to have a few tentative, it might be just about springtime, wiping round. Yeah, it, it was nice today. It was genuinely, actually, warm later this afternoon. I was quite, sur- yeah. I was quite surprised. I was like, that feels quite pleasant for once, because it's, yeah. it's been a cold year. It's been, it's been, it hasn't been a very nice spring or anything like that so far. It wasn't, Yesterday. It wasn't all that warm. It was it, awful. Oh yeah, it pissed down last night. It really was heavy. We left um, York about eleven o'clock yesterday morning, and it pissed down between York and Annick up A one, all the way. Just pissed down. So great. Top side of Annick, sunshine. I thought, oh, that's, that's bizarre, and it stayed sunny all the way till got parked up, walked into town last night, and had some fodder, and it was quite nice. You know, strolling about on beach in. Portobello, but I hear you about overnight rain. I was oh. a bit fitful last night in bed. Every squeak or, or rattle last night, I would open up and I look because, uh, like I said, there were plenty of our mm-hmm. our comrades from over the water, and I was waiting for the hum of a twelve volt transfer pump. Last <laughs> night. Um, so I was awake when it started, and by all those puddles were full of this morning. Uh-huh. But again, time we got. Sort of up and out of there at seven. So I was only four mile down the road, back down A1 this morning to drop. So I got up at seven, had a shower, and uh, I thought, well, it's going to be a grand day. And it turned out to be. I only pissed down once, I think. I was somewhere between Edinburgh and going over Bridge. So I went to Keith in fourth drop. And it, it rattled down a bit then. But at rest of the day, it's been as good as gold. Mm. I had a good, I had a good day on on Sunday. I was up north. I was on something called the Cannon Bars Run, as in, not Cannonball Bars, as in like the Scottish um, slang mm. for testicles. Uh, the Cannon Bars Run, which is like a charity car run. There's a series of events yeah. over the year, and I went out on that. And the organisers for that do one called the Bandit Run later in the year, which is like smoking the bandit theme. And I'm like, do people like get dressed up like Burt Reynolds for this? Because you know that might appeal to me slightly. Mm. Just a bit, you know. Right. <laughs> so I'm currently sporting a moustache rather than a beard because I decided to make a bit of effort for the weekend, but it was good. We did like the North Coast 250 um, and the, we- yeah. the weather was good and all, and all that. I had my, my Saab out at that, um, which I'd parked up for the whole of winter because it wasn't working properly. And I, I had to no. go on it. Well, today, Tuesday, I had to go on a speed awareness course well, it was a motorway awareness course because I got caught doing 70 on the motorway at midnight because they dropped the speed to 60 on those variable speed gantries. So, Tosses. Yeah, well, usually I'm scudding it along about 85 because I need to get where I'm uh, going. And I'm in quite a state of high alert when I'm doing that. But on that occasion, I was doing an economy run on the cruise at 70, yeah. listening to a podcast. So the moral of this is... Don't do any more economy runs. Revert to what yeah. you're doing and kick on so you're more alert. But every single person, it was all men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, who were either professional drivers or business drivers who had been caught 
sort of from Midlands on down in the smart motorway network, late at night, yeah. no traffic on the roads, and they reduce the speed limit for nothing because there's some codes three miles away, and that's how they're getting all these these people onto the people onto this stuff. It's nonsense. The course was pretty propaganda sort of led that was all like this is how high highways England reduce these limits and if you don't see anything that that means that the system's working you know everything's done for a reason and all this and I'm like bollocks don't piss down my back and kill me it's raining I've seen those overhead gantries on the M42 go down from 60 to 40 back up to 50 60 back down to 50 and there's nothing on the yeah. road they're not doing anything there's nobody there putting cones out they're just doing it for they're just doing it to catch you out as far as I'm concerned and yeah, Wakefield to Leeds is favourite is animals on road. Yeah, the, the, they do that regularly, you know, in the morning. Animals right. on road, really. Yeah, sent, considering there's no grazing animals outside of M1 anymore. There's no cows or I don't know what you know what animals are talking about. It might be a shrew or something, but that's all. Uh, there's also sensors at the side of the road that detect when the traffic is too heavy and reduces the speed. And I've seen it reduce the speed for no reason before. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, it's because it's further on down. It's not. It doesn't work properly. The technology isn't used properly. It's a pain in the arse. You're catching loads of people for doing really minor things, and you're not actually catching people who need educated in this sort of stuff and like, sitting talking to professional drivers and things and say, like, yeah we know yes, like we're sick fed up with highways England and the motorway closures at night Aye. and everything but you know at least I, that's the first time I've been in one of those courses in like eight years so you know I, I, shall that, endeavor, I did mine two Saturdays ago what a speed awareness course Aye. Oh, you huckled as well what in the car or the lorry in pick up going to um, Middlestown at Wakefield down past National Mining Museum. It's a weird setup down there. It's um, it used to be like a speed testing road. That's you know when we were younger, we used to go like hell down. Oh, there. the mad, the, the mad mile. So many people. Aye. there are so many mad miles around the country. Yeah, various people. Anyway, they stuck yellow cameras on it, and it's 50, 40, 30, 40, 50, You know, blah blah blah. So I'm gonna actually get down to Wakefield to camp shop, get some stuff for uh, going off in a wobble box at Easter. And uh, anyway, not way back up. Middlestown, I uh, I took one full in the face, said the actress to the bishop. Mm-hmm. Flash, if you get at night, you'll crash. Simple as that. You'd be blind for ten minutes. Bosh, full in, you know, full in mush. I thought, hellfire, what's that? So oh, I know what that is. Great. Um, Forty-two in a thirty. Nice work, Madison. <laughs> mm-hmm. It uh, always happens late at night when there's nothing on the road. There's nobody seen uh, anywhere. It's like oh. two o'clock. Saturday afternoon, that was a car full of wittering kids, and I just mm-hmm. uh, I was in the zone. I got mm-hmm. people listening to suede or something, and I was dum 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 flash balls. Anyway, I uh, I nominated to do it at home, you know, online. Mm-hmm. I didn't fancy sitting in a room full of near do wells and a disease a disease ridden taxi drivers, so I did it from home, and it was good. It was actually good. There's a woman from Cumbria. A private firm do it. Yeah, that's right. I, it was, uh, well, it was Carlisle I went to because it was the nearest one. I decided to go on the physical course for it. And actually, the course that I did, but the course that I did before, the general speed awareness one, is actually really useful. Like your your typical knob end driver that sits in the middle lane of the motorway mm. that is never going to get caught off a speed camera. 
because they're too busy holding people up and being inconsiderate most of the time, will never go in one of these courses. But these are the people wow. who really need to hear this sort of stuff. That one was a better course. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with that because they didn't just batter you over uh-huh. the head with things. The motorway one was kind of propaganda sort of stuff because I'm like, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm not having it, mate. Not having it. This stuff doesn't work properly. And it's nah, vindictive. It's, it's, cyn- it's cynical the way that it's set up. You know, and it, apparently on the M25, there can be the cameras will reduce the speed at night to reduce noise for residents yeah. who live near the motorway. That's why it goes down to like 50 and things because it's recording noise. Yeah. I was like, I didn't yeah. know that. I've never told anybody that. Well, look at that. You know, that bollocks to Sheffield over at Bridge at Meadowall. Yeah, I, dr- I always drive through that in fourth gear out and protest. Screw them. For air pollution. Yeah, 60 for air pollution. Yeah, well, I'm going to drive through it in fourth instead of fifth or sixth. Mm, I thought <laughs> 44 tonners going through there up and down gears because uh, it'll be a lot more polluting than when it goes through at 1200 revs on cruise control, won't it? But what do we know? We're only here. Uh, yeah, well, oh, ch- anyway. chances are that well, Euro 6 trucks are probably, you know, they clean the air in cities when they go through them. What's coming out the exhaust cleaner than going in? Mm. A lot of the times it's. Yes, it's, um, it's ironic they should want to clean air up in Sheffield. They've got a lot more cleaning to do in Sheffield before they have to worry about air. Uh, it's a bloody awful place. Like Bradford with its low emission zones, that's got to be a joke, that, surely. That, I mean, that, that's that's going to that's going to kick it. Is Bradford having a low emission zone? Because that's going to kick an it's awful. One. It's, that, is, it's that's going to that's going to kick an awful lot of raggedy old Toyotas off the road. Well, I suppose if they're not registered to anybody, they, they, they can go and uh, get put fines against them. What would the drivers of them care? I tell you, you need to, the Glasgow one's coming in at the start of June, and it's really vindictive because you can't even yeah. pay a daily rate. It's a massive fine if you go in there with a non-compliant vehicle. And Glasgow's air quality has cleaned up, and it doesn't have an air problem anymore, but they've gone through with it anyway. So yeah. Euro 6 and trucks, and it's Euro 4, because bizarrely, my 2002 Vectra gets into all these ULS zones because it's got yeah. one-litre engines, but it doesn't make any sense because there's so many little cars with one-litre engines that are excluded, but you can go yeah. and buy like some massive V8 SUV and it's allowed in. <laughs> I can't go anywhere in um, Isuzu now. No, it's all wood. It's it's all wood. Complete nonsense. All this stuff. I think people are getting more, slightly getting more aware of what net zero is and what it's going to entail, and like the massive yeah. reduction in living standards that is going to right. that it's going to bring with it. I can it's see all that. about control. All that. I mean, I know I sound like a nutcase, no, but it is. It's all is. about it's all about keeping the peasants. Under the thumb. Well, it, it is. Did, did you see what ha- it's been happening in Holland again with the farmers that they're now offering the yeah. farmers 120% of the value of their property to buy it out uh, and then they are never allowed to do farming again anywhere? Uh, how can you yeah. even say that? Yeah, how can you prevent somebody from doing what they're doing? I hope none of them sell because why would you want to stop food being grown sustainably, responsibly, environment in an environmentally friendly way, like locally? That's really dangerous. That they want to do that, because and then, food, then Bill, and Gates, water. Bill Gates want to feed you insects, and that's not and the cornerstones of society, aren't they? If you mm-hmm. control who's growing what, where, and when, and who gets it, you've got 
everybody where you want them. Yeah, it's just scary, though, isn't it, why you would want to do that. Dutch farmers are some yeah. of the best in the world. And that's actually happening. That's all, like, driven by the EU. And it makes you think, oh, well, uh, you know, maybe it would, it's better that we are out of that then if this is the way it's going to be. But the way that the government goes on, they're just, like, locked into everything anyway here. So it, I, it's I, I don't know in what your to make woods, there's, there's massive tracks up in Scotland going for uh, tree planting. And investment companies, investment banks are buying uh, this farmland up with stupid money and they're drawing these uh, uh, grants to plant trees and it keeps it keeps paying. It's a belter. So there's, um, between all the development you've got up there well, on Greenbelt. Well, see, in Scotland with trees, now I was up in the north of Scotland on Sunday, as I just said, Scotland is so incredibly empty. If you want to go and plant trees, there is an almost infinite amount of space uh, but yeah. you, where you would not use, need to use greenbelt or farmland. Well, depending on what you classify as greenbelt, but you wouldn't need to use existing farmland to go into it. There are millions yeah. of acres of nothing out there that you could plant trees on quite easily. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't know. A bit of competition now because, you know, Milner Homes and Barrett and Persimmon are building every square inch of green that you've got between Edinburgh and uh, Glasgow as we oh, yeah, the, as we've discovered yeah the traffic's getting the traffic's getting bad there's so much house building going on but there's no investment in infrastructure with any of it so they don't build schools um, doctor surgeries dentists they don't put public transport links in all the traffic has to funnel onto the roads nobody's got any oh. option of how to use it yeah we'll look at you know 25 mile jam in the morning eastbound on M8 already oh yeah it's sick it's Second and like <laughs> completely off its tits, you know. And you've got that one at um, at Calderwood, that site at Calderwood. There's about a dozen building firms on there, all building it. It's enormous. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, be, it's every bit of farmland between Edinburgh right out through to Livingston. You know, across, it's going to be six or seven hundred acres of tech there. It's epic. Yeah, and there's no public transport links for it. No decent ones anyway. They haven't extended rail. Uh-huh. They've extended railway networks or put in park and rides or anything like that. They uh-huh. just expect everybody to funnel onto the seventy-one. It's a complete joke. Uh-huh. And, and these the people who are signing off on this and saying it's all okay are also wanting to tell you that you're not allowed to have a car and you're not allowed to have a gas boiler uh-huh. and you've got to have a heat pump, which makes no sense whatsoever. Who's who's going to go in these thousands of houses up there anyway? Because plainly, there must be a lot of people. You know, sort of sleeping under a, a duvet under the stars at stuff with cash. Because these houses, well, it's, that uh, I'm sort of delivering grass to at the minute, they're all 380 grand plus. Yeah, that, I, I don't know if it's going on. I don't know. They're going to end up with a brain drain coming out of Scotland if Humza keeps putting the taxis up because they're hammering middle earners, not even high earners anymore. They're, they're looking at like upping taxis even more. Uh, they were talking about doing like basic, like sort of uh, minimum income for everybody, so you get like free income from the state. So what's the point of working up to a point, you know? If, if they're going to give everybody twenty five grand for free and you earn twenty five grand a year, what's the point in working? Yeah, <laughs> they've been pretty quiet think... over the past week, which is good though, because the coronation and all that. It was nice to see all the union jacks and everything all the way around Scotland. It must have pissed off the snats quite quite nicely. I didn't pay any attention to the coronation, though, I must admit. No, me neither, to be right. Um, 
I, I don't. I'm one I, of those. I don't care one way or the other. The, the people that really strongly object to it tend to be really obnoxious, though, which makes yeah. me come down more on the side of yeah, okay, fair, okay, fair enough. I'd rather have the monarchy than a bunch of communist republicans. Thanks very much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a monarchist, but I think Charlie yeah, he, really should have just yeah, he should have shut his mouth. He's t- he's in bed with the World Economic Forum and all that. He's got a cheek yeah. to talk about the climate and weather and, and global warming and everything. Considering he's got like sixty red arrows going out and flying information things for his coronation yeah. and that. If he really he cared, like William. You know, he should have sort of sidestepped and let William and Kate in, I think. He's too, you know, he's got too much history, hasn't he, with all this, because all the bubble heads. Oh, it should have been you, pictures of but, Diana. But, but the, thing, it, but the thing was, it would never have been Diana because they divorced many years before she yeah, died. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, you know, all these dickheads pushing this thing, oh, up yours, Charles, you know, a picture of Diana giving him the bird and all this. I'm saying, this is ironic, isn't it? You know, from somebody who was pushing up the daisies in Althorpe, really. Um, I don't really think. No, I've not. I've not been looking on Facebook. What with my PTSD, I don't she's in a position to be giving anybody the bird to be right, considering mm-hmm. she's dead and he's alive and he's now king. But anyway, there we go. Um, it's a funny job, isn't it? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, for whatever reason, and you know, love is blind. He some. God forsaken reason has always loved Camilla. And the family, the mafia, the network or whatever, chose Diana. And um, he sort of tried to jog along with it, didn't he? You know, mm-hmm. she's from good stock, etc. etc. And he did his best, but end of the day, Bloke don't want to be with her, he didn't want to be with her, and he didn't. So No, I mean she didn't um, really want to be with him either, you know. It was just you know no, but, I mean really. she, she you can't exactly say she did badly out it, you know. She if it wasn't no. for the fact she'd married uh, Charles and become a princess, then you know she wouldn't have got to where she was anyway. She was living the high life before the tragic accident. Mm. Any road, mm. what this has got to do with road transport, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, ben, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, well, I had I had that Scania four sixty super yeah. for a week, which was very impressive. I must say mm. that that four sixty could pull really well. It was mm. it was a fly it was a flying machine for for what it was. I mean, I was if you told me it was five hundred, yeah. I wouldn't have ejected, which is brilliant. Uh, if you can get a hold of one, you're in for a treat because they, they seem to be quite hard. Yeah, they seem to be quite slow in coming through. And if you order one now, you'll be seeing it some time off in the distance. But I've got what were you supposed to get in May? I can't remember. Five sixty S. Jared listens to mm. this, so he had mentioned it. He said we could maybe mm. be able to get you out and. Out in the, the new 560 Super uh, to see how you can see how that compares to the one that you've built. So I am I'm getting. A, I need, I'm getting I need to save up. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a different five. I'm getting a different 560s because I'm getting the tag from Kel Truckers, um, and I'm also getting a 530xG DAF, also from Kel Truck because they won it in a raffle, so they're giving it to us. But next week I have another Iveco. I've got the new Sway 570. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. That's good, you know. That's one of my uh, favourite trucks, uh, and the five seventy is an ass kicking machine. So I'm driving that for LM Transport next week um, from oh. Salisbury. So I've not driven for before, but I think I'll be doing some king span and things stuff I'm familiar with anyway. So looking forward to getting back out and doing that. Well, I'll right. test it, won't it? Two oh, ton yeah. of two ton of king span yeah. by five seventy, absolutely. Be like I won't pulling be doing, a kite behind you. Yeah, I won't be doing. Won't be doing it all week, but you know. 
But mm. I, I mix I mix this stuff. But I'm, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to getting out and out in that and um, spending the weekend out and getting out more regularly. Now that Andy's the editor uh, of the magazine, yeah. and I am editor at large. At large, large editor, not really. Jack the Ripper spec. Hmm. Um, first of Stewart's Renaults is coming. I think this next week. No, I was driving. Yeah, I drove my first. Range, I drove my first new shape. A range T Evolution the other week. I, I picked up Scott from Rocks Off Gravels range T, yeah. not a range T high. It was just a five twenty tag with air on the oh. front. And we, I picked it up and uh, drove it up. Back from uh, Davy Phelps in East Calder, the Renault dealer, and we did the photo yeah. shoot on it, and I hooked it up uh, to a loaded trailer and things. You know, not nice thing to drive like. I think, um, it sits, sits pretty well on the road. Road like I always find with front yeah. air, front air suspension, you've got to kind of get your hand tuned into it because it's got that kind of a bit of vagueness and a bit of inertia in the turning compared to having steel yeah. suspension. But it was all right inside. I think the dashboard, the dash, the interior could be doing well, a bit of an update. There's still like a lack of storage in the dashboard. You don't get the white yeah. dashboard in them. And there could be, it could do an update. I mean, other than that, though, nice thing to drive. The 520 Renault pull, mm. pulls really well. That's a, that's a, a, a good, good good going truck. So what's it, Stuart's getting? 520 highs? Yeah, yeah, 520s, yeah. I've seen... Uh, I've seen pictures of it down at paint shop. It's it's been put back together after it's been painted. It looks very well in its colours. Yeah, look at that. The steering column adjustments a big improvement. That that's yeah yeah that that was a deal breaker for a few people that just couldn't get used to the Renault and well, the way that the steering wheel wouldn't move. I don't think you. I, I mean, it wouldn't. It was like it was awful. Yeah, for, it was just for, awful. Um, I mean, I had it nearly a month in that black demo. Oh yeah, the the, the black one. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, they left it with me for three and a half weeks, and they just wanted it back before Truck Fest to get it on stand. So I ran it three weeks. And I ran it as I wanted to drive it, and it was a great thing. Power in, uh, you know, power in economy mm. was brilliant. And it, Steve Blackie kept ringing me and saying, "If you'd use adaptive cruise, you'd get ten and a half." I'm like, "Yeah, but if I use adaptive cruise, I'll die of boredom before I get to Scotland." <laughs> um, but the only reason I didn't buy one because I mean, Alwyn at Renault, as you remember, mm-hmm. he offered me a hell of a good deal on a tag. Mm-hmm. A really good deal, and I just bottled it because I could never, I could just never imagine having finance again. But anyway, you know, the Euro Six nightmare forced me to get some finance and buy this, Mm. didn't it? And oddly, the price of that tag wouldn't have been a great deal more than I paid for this at three year old. So uh, maybe, just maybe, I had to take a few more chances in life. I'd have a Renault, mm. certainly. I think they're a fantastic-looking thing when they're painted right. I think they're lovely. And, yeah, that's, um, that's... You know, they've been, they've been out long enough now for all teething problems to have been sorted. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's running a T-high that thinks it's cack, apart from your mate, Mr Foley. Yeah, well, that was, un- that was unfortunate. That was, you know, a, mm. a left-hand drive. That was a left-hand drive one, which was just out of just out of warranty, and then yeah, its engine. I met him in Coney Garth a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. We had a natter was there in his Iveco in his uh, in his Eurostar. Yeah, talk about that. That is, that is a rare vehicle. That like that's a belter. Yeah, it? it's, it's an belter. it's an Iveco Eurostar Cursor. So it's the pre Stralis with a big cab, a cool looking thing. I passed it in the motorway in the Cavalier coming back 
from Brighton's yeah. when I had the scan. Yeah, I was like, Wah! yeah, he said you passed him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he was having a break. I was having a break, and he had a wonder across from me at half an hour, and um, it filled me on the horror of Renault and um, you know all that. And um, he's got two, and he's he's got two euros still. Yeah, he's got two Iveco euros. Is he still with the Foden? Mm. No, Foden's gone. I think. Mm. Who's got that then? Who's got my old Foden? He did tell me, but as you know. I'll have forgotten that I've yeah. spoken to you tonight by morning, so mm. I'm not the man to ask. I should, I could just text him and ask him, you know, easy enough. Yeah. Not that I want it back. I'd love a play in that, too, in that Eurostar. I'd love a play in that. Yeah, it looks interesting. Interesting, that, like, that'd be a manual gearbox as well. If we could find one before Cursor. Oh, I mean, well, that thing we had at Bingham's, it was a V-Reg, 99, 98, mm. 99. 14 litre in that thing with a knockover box. What a beast of a thing with that. What a monster. Mm. I suppose most of them at that age will have just rotted off chassis, won't they? That's the problem. Yeah, you'd have to find one that's been sitting in a kind of decent decent climate because those cabs weren't particularly well rust-proofed. Um, well, I had, had that at the time at Bingham's. Chris Smithy, uh, he looked after that like a Rolls Royce. It was fantastic when Smithy had it. Hell of a hell of a truck, and then you know he uh, he moved on, and it it got handed round a bit, and they didn't sort of look after it, and there was rust coming out from behind windscreen rubber then, and then it had um, you know it had got old, hadn't it? And it was sort of getting into back corners at cab, and it was you know once it's in, it's in. Mm-hmm. But it was a lovely thing that I always wanted to have a have a fiddle with that. I mean, years ago when I was butter lad, and I worked at Brockler's at Dewsbury. Uh, I had a Eurotech 340 with high top on it. And that thing, you know, for a 340, that was an awesome bit of kit. Brilliant. Oh, just... Interesting. Yeah, they're super rare. Um, I don't know how many of them got got exported things because you don't even see, like, you know, older... No. Stra- you don't even see, like, older Stralises any, anymore. No. So to find two Eurostars, I mean, that's quite... Refined, really, yeah. you know. But yeah, I'd be curious. I should actually go and um, go up and see. He did say you should come up and see them. Yeah, I should come. Yeah. I'm really curious to go up and look and find out what what, the, what, the, yeah, what they're yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, because un- unusual, unusual truck, like rare bit of kit. I mean, I dare say the only place you would be likely to see them now would be Italy. I really liked them. You know, mm-hmm. Eurotech and Eurostar. I really had a lot of time for them. I thought they were great. Um, yeah, nice looking truck. Never. Like Stralis, well, you could you could also get this. Ooh. You could get the Sedan Atkinson version as well, Aye. which was the Sedan Atkinson Strato and the big cab Euro cab. Yeah, it was a Strato Cruiser, which you could get with which you could get with five two five Cummins on it. Beasts, and that's a cool name for a truck, Strato Cruiser. Come on, so is Eurostar. Mm. Good names for trucks. Yeah, they should keep hold of those names. I mean, you know, why Renault didn't think that they should just yeah, Magnum. You know, call that. Yeah, Magnum. Yeah, perfect name. You already own it. It's yours. Why not call the new big cab Magnum? Because it's got form. Hmm. Missed a trick there, lads, didn't you? Yes. And um, yeah, sure, they've got Ford, mm-hmm. you know, that god-awful thing they build in Turkey that looks like a Bedford. And they the, could have the, at least the eased that up, you know, by calling it Transconti, couldn't they? Yeah, all this unused intellectual property. It's a strange mm. one. Do you want to, uh, on the last podcast, I mentioned about Daft maybe getting a bigger engine, and I, I've got I think I, right. I've got an update for that. They are getting a bigger engine, but it's going to be for like Australia only. 
because of this yeah. stupid <laughs> it's because of this stupid vector scoring stuff where every truck manufacturer has charged a certain amount of points for the vehicles they sell. And if you sell 15, 16 litre engines, such as FH16 Scania V8s, you're charged a whole load of extra points for that, which is one of the reasons why Volvo and Scania are invested in gas trucks, because that's like, if you sell a gas truck, then it can kind of equalise against selling the the big power things. But if DAF were to go and put a big Cummins-derived engine in a European truck, as much as we would all love that 600-odd horsepower, whatever, they would have to sell dozens and dozens and dozens of really environmentally, you know, green fleet stuff. So they can't... It's There's just, no it's, need to do it, though, have they? There's no need to compete no. on that no, market they, they, they because they sell well, more units than anybody else anyway. No, well, what you are going to see a new engine at some point in the 13-litre because the 11-litre is a much more advanced engine than the 13, and you're going to see an emulation of that coming out. Yeah. So I would imagine you will see a, a lot more grunt from DAF in the future, but unfortunately it's not going to come from a 15.2-litre engine because it's going to be... Yeah. Australia is sort of only just going base Euro 6, so which they can get that engine to, but the, the manufacturers are now turning their heads towards Euro 7, which is like batshit crazy uh, emission yeah. standards. Uh, so they're going to be looking towards that. So I can see it coming in whereby you're, you're not going to be allowed to go and buy a 770 Scania Ford to go and pull fridges. Uh, or a V8 to do a lot of stuff unless you can justify it for whatever reason you're only going to be allowed a 13 litre which isn't a big deal anymore because the 560 has got that much grunt about it I think you should be free to buy whatever the hell it is that you want without all this ridiculous interference because oh. it's not going to make the weather any better you know you don't. No. You, they don't go and tell aeroplane companies they have to go and put a smaller engine in their aeroplane it's all going to lead it no, aviation they, they definitely anyway. don't go and tell China not to build any more coal power stations. Yeah, but, you, know, you know, at our end, in, in Europe, they're charging the manufacturers a load of green points for all this stuff. Yeah. So ultimately, you can't buy the truck that you want to go and do uh-huh. something and the truck manufacturers maybe wouldn't be able to offer trucks that they otherwise would because of all that. Yeah. load of absolute Bye. nonsense. Absolute mm. bollocks. Anyway, what do what, what, what are you up to? Um, have you got more turf on now? What you what you doing for the rest of the week? Um, I got back to Howden tonight, and um, I'm just lurking here because I've got about thirty minutes left. I want to got back tonight, back to our spot, and I'm loading out a hole in the morning with calcium to go to somewhere in Wigan in the morning, somewhere I've never been before. So I don't know. I'll sweep this trailer out in the morning, and then I'll go and get loaded and get lashed over to Wigan and see what afternoon brings. I don't know. It's uh, interesting and varied at this time of year. It can be on plants one day, it can be on racking, shop fittings, anything really. It's just, you know, whatever falls, falls. It's good. Hmm. So we just um, thought I'd take an easy one tonight and just stop here. So I'm holed up in, in Mr. Holt's establishment. Good stuff. Oh, well. For the... It might be the last time I get a chance because moving next week, a week after next at New Year. Are they? Oh, that's good. That's exciting. We should come down. Been from... in here 20, 23, 24 years, I think, and that's end of an era. Holt's leaving Howden. Oh, well, good luck to them with that. No, they're moving over like that. It seems to be going well for them. So, Yeah, yeah, he's a good man at the top. So mm-hmm. it'll be uh, it'll be uh, interesting times, like, but... Uh, 
<laughs> nice one. Well, that's us at the 45 minute mark. So, we'll round this one off, I think, unless you've got any other business in particular. No, no, I don't think I have to be right. I think I'm quite befuddled tonight. So. <laughs> but it isn't half 11 now. So, yeah, guys, yeah. cool. Well, thanks very much, Chris. As I say, the new Truck and Driver magazine special edition, finally printed on good paper, isn't even stapled. It's apparently one of the glued ones with a spine. Out on Friday. Well, lots more content like that on your way. Look out for some details of it on the social media channels and everything. Thanks for your support with the podcast. We do get a lot of people asking about it when it's not been on regularly recently. We'll try our best to get regular episodes out. Yes, thank you very much. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month.